Welcome to Digital Garden State, a podcast by the New Jersey Health Information Management Systems Society. Welcome to the New Jersey Health Information Management Systems Society podcast series, where we discuss emerging trends in healthcare technology and their impact on our industry. New Jersey HIMSS is a consortium of healthcare professionals, providers, and vendors who are committed to promoting constant improvement in the use of information technology within the healthcare industry. I'm your host, Mike Fortino, current New Jersey HIMSS board member and account executive with Galaxy Solutions. Today's podcast episode is a continuation of our customer story series that will focus on cybersecurity governance, risk, and compliance, a topic that is always top of mind. Before we get started, I just want to emphasize that our chapter is supported by some amazing companies, and without their sponsorship, we could not deliver on our mission of healthcare technology advocacy and learning. And today, we have a great guest whose company provides not only cybersecurity subject matter expertise, but governance, risk, and compliance software. Jerry Blass is our guest, and he is the president and CEO of Comply Assistant. Jerry is also a longtime sponsor and active member of the New Jersey HIMSS chapter and former board member. Jerry, welcome, and thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be here today. Great. Yeah. Hey, Jerry, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Sure. Comply System uh, we was founded 20 years ago, Mike, and um, we started with HIPAA. HIPAA was the big thing back then. Uh, helping hospitals get uh, policies and procedures in place and training and understand what it's all about. Um, Through the years, we uh, grew our client base uh, from a consulting standpoint. Mm -hmm. And then we developed our GRC platform, software platform, governance, risk, and compliance. That was deployed in 2010. And we could just continue to enhance it and, uh, you know, grow in the marketplace. Um, This this latest subject matter that we're going to talk about today is very important to – what we're doing today so we, we can uh, we can go there yeah absolutely i mean today what we're really going to talk about it, it is a real important topic uh, in in healthcare uh, technology specifically we're going to talk about hicp health industry cybersecurity practices and before we go any further jerry i i'm having trouble pronouncing that acronym you know how hymns is hymns right but yeah, exactly. hicp i don't know why i get tongue-tied on that one it's yeah. Just, well, they say uh, hiccup. Really? Yeah. Hiccup. Okay. Even it, you know, HHS. Even HHS calls it hiccup. So, well, you know, I, hopefully, I'll get used to that, and I don't actually hiccup through the uh, through the show here today. So, <laughs> but you know, overall, you know, I did a little research here, and and I guess the practices, you know, and we'll we'll get into it here. Provide guidance and methods, right? To you know, different different size healthcare organizations in how to reduce cybersecurity risk, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, so HIPAA security, you know, was um, effective around 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. It was not updated for uh, cyber over the years. Right. As we know, um, things like meaningful use, the migration to electronic medical records, more locations of electronic PHI, uh, which is protected health information, um, gave motivation to attackers. And so mm-hmm. healthcare became a primary target because of all the migration. Uh, 
starting in 2010 and then up to about 2015, you know, attacks started happening. So the government, HHS, decided to form CSA, which is the Cybersecurity Act. Mm -hmm. Um, So they created that in 2015 and then commissioned a task force uh, group called 405D, which is, you know, all about hiccup. And so they were formed in 2017, over 150 professionals, public and private sector. Mm-hmm. And uh, version one of HICP was in 2018 and then uh, signed into law last year. So it's really still kind of new. Yeah. Did, did you participate in, in any of the... Um in any of the development of any of the practices at all or? Yes. Um, I even attended the first session down in Washington, DC. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but right now what, what I'm mainly doing is I'm an, I'm a task force ambassador. Gotcha. So okay. what we're doing today, even though it's NJM, mm-hmm. it's kind of me being an ambassador for HICP and I'm sure that they, they'll be very happy on that task force. That, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's always good to have friends in high places. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Always good. So so what does it really all entail? I mean, what what makes up um, you know, hiccup? Yeah, well, you were describing it nicely before. Um what 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 they again, extending HIPAA security, they needed to have like a prescription for um what they call recognized security practices. Okay. RSPs. <clears throat> really, RSPs are controls. You know, a CISO in healthcare or CISO anywhere is going to understand threats, vulnerabilities, and controls that can be implemented. So, Hiccup kind of uh, refers to controls as recognized security practices and their standards. And they came from various sources, including NIST and <clears throat> various standards, guidelines, best practices, and things like that to, um, you know, there's nothing better than having standards in place when mm-hmm. you're trying to develop, you know, something like Hiccup, which, uh, again, it's like a recipe. It's like a cookbook. <clears throat> you mentioned before that it's scoped, and it is. So scope meaning for small, medium, and large. When you think of small healthcare, it's physician practices, mm-hmm. for example. Well, that, down to that level, huh? Down to that level. And and that's the, the the five top threats are consistent for everybody, small, medium, or large. And we can talk about that a little bit more. Sure. But the the ten recognized security practices are uh, scoped by having sub practices. So the small organizations have less sub practices, and medium and large have more. Um, so what's nice about it is that you don't have to take a big framework and then scope it according to an organizational size, it's already done and ready to go. Right. So it's, it's great guidance. Well, you know, I think that, that, that is especially a lot of great thought. It sounds like went into the whole set of, um, of uh, RSPs controls mm-hmm. to make sure that they could even get down to the practice level. I mean, you know, you, yeah. they're, you know, practice, you know, provider practices are always sensitive about, you know, what kind of investments they have to make. You know, here's another investment um, and, and it's a necessary one. So, you know, giving them the opportunity to participate, you know, that that's that that's great. I mean, you know, that just makes sense. Um, 
So, so what are the, can you kind of review the objectives of Hiccup, you know, just kind of lay that out for us? Right. So certainly to raise awareness like we're doing today um, and to, again, provide vetted cybersecurity practices, um, move organizations towards a consistency in mitigating mm-hmm. um, threats. And there are obviously plenty of threats. Sure. Uh, with this war in Ukraine, it's creating, you know, threats based mm-hmm. on a reaction to U.S. sanctions against Russia and things like that. Yeah. Um, I mentioned before, it's like a recipe or a cookbook. Um, and the other thing that's very interesting about uh, Hiccup is that uh, unlike HIPAA, which has always been the stick. So in other words, if an organization had an incident, they got audited by OCR um, they were found to be negligent mm-hmm. or with security in general, then, you know, they could have steeper penalties, fines, uh, even civil suits. Um, but with Hiccup, first of all, it's voluntary. So it isn't, re- it isn't actually a requirement. It's voluntary. Really? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But what they do is they provide a carrot if you do it for 12 months. So organizations, healthcare organizations that begin implementing Hiccup, uh, if they did it today, mm-hmm. and it today, uh, then 12 months from now, they would have met the time frame. If they did have an incident and they got audited and, and OCR, HHS OCR could see that they have implemented Hiccup for a 12-month period of time and that not only have they implemented it, but they've introduce the recognized security practices to some degree as much as they could in that in that 12 month time frame then they have um, a carrot and the mm-hmm. carrot is almost a safe harbor it's not really a safe harbor but and it, when it first came out they were kind of calling it that but it's it's not a total 100 safe harbor but what it does is um allows hhs to consider mitigating fines if they see that it's been implemented they can mm-hmm. uh, result in early ter- uh, favorable termination of the audit. And they can also mitigate remedies in a resolution agreement with HHS. So really what happens is, you know, uh, an organization has an incident. They've been following HICP. That kind of covers you mm-hmm. know, what they need to do. So that's actually their remedy is to keep doing HICP. Right. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how... You know, always there was always the um, the the policies and the rules that were published. You know, based you know from the different organizations, but you know there were some level of recommendations on what to do and how to do things. But with Hiccup, it appears to me, and it sounds like you know, you know, a better step towards a comprehensive set of cookbooks recipes for you to really yeah. protect yourself in your organization. Yeah. So and the, other, the other great thing is they've developed this great website. Um, I can oh, really. The, the, uh, it's simply 405d.hhs.gov. Um, oh, that's right. And I did. I took a look and, and you're right. I was, um, I was uh, you know, pleasantly surprised at the amount of information that was there. Yeah. And it was, it was easy to navigate. So. It, it, could you repeat that one again for the listeners? Sure. Um, 405D.HHS.gov. 
Gov. Great. And also contact me if they have, you know, if they want to get. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely uh, at the end of our discuss our little talk here, we'll, yeah. we'll make sure we put out all that good information for the listeners. Right. Um, so, you know, I have a question though. Why, you know, you, you were touching on it before, you know, you mentioned HIPAA, you know, why, why really can you get a little into a little more detail around why HIPAA wasn't enough? Well, HIPAA security was always developed to be um, high level. It mm-hmm. wasn't prescriptive. So, um, and it couldn't be prescriptive because it did have to apply to scope and complexities, right? Different scopes and different complexities, like a practice versus a health system. But it didn't, you know, it, it stayed high level so that um, a subject matter expert could interpret what was necessary for the different size organizations, but it didn't actually prescribe it. Okay. One. Number two is it didn't get into the world of cyber and all the threats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they've now identified the top five threats and the top 10 uh, recognized security practices. So right. but never got to that level. Um, and with the increase of, of attacks, I mean, I guess they had a choice. They could either try to update HIPAA security, mm-hmm. right? Or use um, something like Hiccup as a almost like an um, uh, an appendix or an add-on, which was the cybersecurity component that is was so needed now because of everything that's going on. Right. I mean, we've seen um, health systems brought down because of ransomware attacks for like instead of three days on a average downtime due to a disaster, really? it's now. We've had examples of four to five weeks or more. Wow. The hospital is completely down for four to five weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. The impact we can't even go into today. It's just the Im- impact is is amazing, uh, almost to the point of shutting down. Right, right. When you go that long. So, yeah, right. yeah so it's so important today for um, any size healthcare organization and the small ones who think that they're under the radar, okay, Mm-hmm. They think that gives motivation to the attackers to prove them wrong. Right. You know, yep. so and, and for a small organization, you know, even if it's one, two, three days, that's 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 huge. I mean, what a significant disruption. Yeah, that's a disruption. It's, it is somewhat, um, re, you know, recoverable if you have a good business continuity in place. That's mm-hmm. the other part of it. Business continuity. Right. Business continuity going out five weeks is a whole different ballgame. Without a doubt, yeah. yeah. And I and this is I'm not going to touch upon that. That's a subject for maybe another one. Sure, absolutely. You know? it, and, and by the way, you know this this episode is under our customer story series, mm-hmm. and I know you've got customers, but we, we want to keep them uh, nameless at this point. Yes. Uh, but you know, just recognize that you are supporting a lot of great organizations within. Uh, healthcare in New Jersey, and and you know, just just wanted to mention that again. Okay. Um, yeah. So can can you again? I think you mentioned already, but maybe you didn't, uh, or I didn't ask yet. But the current top five threats sure. uh, that have been identified by Hiccup. Just want to make sure that you know we get those out there. And sure. Um, and some of them, I guess, would be pretty obvious based on news, mm-hmm. recent headlines. But it's email phishing attacks. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, organizations can implement all kinds of controls and all it takes is one 
uh, individual in the organization yep. to click on something. Yep. Click on phishing. Uh, mm-hmm. That results in ransomware potentially, right? Mm-hmm. Bringing down, you know, the network and applications and systems, you know, to the degree in medical devices too. Um, you know, Hiccup is also focused on patient safety and lives, not just PHI. Because okay. if medical devices are brought down, then what does that mean? You know, diverting uh, chemo and dialysis patients, um, ICU medical devices, you know, it depends on the scope of the impact of a ransomware attack. Um, so ransomware attacks is on there. Loss of theft of equipment or data. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the big items back when, um, you know, the HHS wall of shame, they called it. Oh, boy. And if you had um, an, imp- an incident that impacted 500 or more individuals in one state, then you um, potentially went on the, on the wall of shame. And Oof. at that time, a loss of a laptop unencrypted or... Mm-hmm or a stolen. Yeah, back then, those were the most common incidents. Uh, but now that has kind of faded away into, the, you know, I guess due to good encryption now. But loss of le- or theft of equipment, um, internal accidental or intentional data loss. Um, so when you do a threat assessment, you're looking at inter- internal, potential, accidental, intentional, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, environmental. You know, we now have weather that's out of control right mm-hmm. you know and some of these this weather has brought down hospitals you know a tornado going over or a hurricane yeah 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 so even that in addition to cyber and ransom it's the weather uh, impact mm-hmm. um, and then yeah. finally it's the attacks against medical devices because the thing about medical devices is that their operating systems you know are somewhat um rigid because of the need to keep consistency for the medical device. But uh, what that could mean is that certain security patches are not being updated because it's risking the actual effectiveness of the device or usage. So medical devices have been a known vulnerability based on, um, you know, in some degree, you know, that they're behind on doing the things they need to do from a security standpoint on those devices. Uh, so when they come, yeah, they can they can come down due to even the fact that their operating system hasn't been fully updated and kept current. Yeah, I, the the number of medical devices and and even not just medical devices, but other uh, technology that are popping up in hospitals today just keeps growing. You know, <laughs> you know, hospitals are starting to. Uh, track assets with asset trackers and they're installing additional network capabilities. Right. And, yeah. and it just, you know, the, the, the list goes on and on. Yeah. You know, and they don't realize how, you know, the due diligence around those, you know, newer different networks, you know, another vulnerability. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no, there's no doubt that, um, you know, healthcare and other verticals have come a long way with mm-hmm technical type of tools, breach detection, you know, what they call honeypots, which is a way to alert that somebody's on the network that shouldn't be there. Right. Yeah. A honeypot is basically a server that is just there to draw 
because it looks vulnerable. But when Mm -hmm. they go there, the organization knows nobody's supposed to go there. So that sets off alarms. There's a lot of great things that that are being implemented right now. But the problem is that these attackers are very, very smart. They work for big organizations. They get paid a lot of money. Some of them are PhDs. And they have uh, a knack of finding an app to get in. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's stunning to me how many are out there and how successful they can be. Mm -hmm. So 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 tell us a little bit about the RSPs. Right. So, you know, we talked a bit about how what you know what the threats are. But, you know, so what are those recipes that can that can help um, organizations protect themselves? Right. So there's 10 um, email protection systems. Uh, certainly that's important. Endpoint protection, access management, data loss prevention, uh, let's see, asset management, network management, vulnerability mm-hmm. management, incident response, medical device security, and cybersecurity policies. So basically, when a, uh, a review is done of HICP for an organization, that's you know the focus of uh, what uh, amount of these controls are in place, mm-hmm. right? So that even makes it from an audit standpoint from a company like us that does these kind of audits, that gives us the recipe too, right? Yeah. You know, exactly yeah. the areas that we should be focusing on, uh, to look at controls. Sure. I mean, if the organization does a little bit of research, right. Understanding hiccup, what it means to practices. And then, you know, an organization like yours comes in a little bit of a, you know, okay, they have greater confidence in who they're working with, you know, yeah. as you perform the audit and, and moving things forward, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, to me again, it, boy, it, it's, it's, it's a little more comprehensive than I first thought when I was, when right. I started to look at it, you know, yeah, which is a good thing. Um, it is, you know, the foundation is NIST CSF, which is the NIST cybersecurity framework. Mm-hmm. is built on that on that as a foundation so it's also very possible that if an organization is, is following this csf that what they do documentation wise in there and implementation wise could be cross mapped into hicp gotcha but oh, you, know, you can reduce some redundancy right by mapping it so wow, that's great yeah that's really good huh? So, so how does how does a, a healthcare organization know, you know, what size they are uh, for hiccup scoping? Yeah. So, um, again, on their website, the, all all this stuff, everything we're talking about today. Uh huh. If, if someone and the reason why I point out the website is because if you go there, everything's there. Right. No, the resources that are available, the uh, guidelines for different mm-hmm. organizations, it's all right there. And we can help organizations, uh, you know, go through that mm-hmm. and point out the important areas of the website. But from a sizing standpoint, um, it's interesting because obviously there's one that's called size and complexity. So that's okay. a, it's an obvious one. <laughs> yeah, here, here you go. And that, that simply kind of says, okay, a small practice is obviously small because mm-hmm. there's size and complexity. So they're going to be following RSPs and sub RSPs that are limited compared to the larger organizations. Mm-hmm. But they have uh, on their list um, how many HIE 
partners do they have? Health information exchange partners. Mm-hmm. Is their IT capability? Um, what's their investment in cybersecurity? Then again, the size and complexity, and then other organizational types. Mm-hmm. Because it does apply not only you know to covered entities and providers of all sizes, but also business associates, which are the third party vendors. Right. Right. Oh, we know that third party vendors caused um, about 60% of breaches in 2021. So that's the other side too of this is that in addition to HICP, um, healthcare organizations need to really have a strong third party vendor risk management program in place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been on the uh, other end of those, some of those. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's when when I when we do have a, a healthcare client, healthcare focused organization that we're supporting, uh, when we're not asked or, or if they're not, you know, uh, we question that mm. you know, and try to point them in the right direction. But, so yeah. I, I mean, we're getting close on some time to- on the time here, but um, it, you know, and this has been a really good discussion. Um, do, do you have any? Any takeaways for for our listeners, you know, when it comes to Hiccup? Yeah. Well, um, I mentioned before that Hiccup is very focused on um, patient safety, right? Mm -hmm. So the medical device issue of when is a downtime affecting medical devices, that's patient safety. Patients in the ICU cannot lose their medical devices, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's also not just IT. Um, or a compliance concern. It isn't just checking the box. It's an enterprise-wide concern, and it requires a multidisciplinary team. Uh, it requires governance and oversight, and it requires leadership to be all aware and transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to like the CFO being there, the thing is, if you if organizations are going through quarterly. Uh, steering committee meetings or governance meetings. Um, all those folks need to be there because, you know, and, and there should be encouragement for transparency and, you know, nothing being biased. Everything should be unbiased. Everything should be right on the table so that if there's gaps in either resources or gaps in controls, everyone needs to know about it because they need to budget for it. They need to understand the risk Mm-hmm. You need to understand, can they live with it as is? Or is it like something that they can't do because of budget problems? Or can they can they manage it? Can they implement controls? So, you know, some of the takeaways is that, it, you know, it really is um, emphasizing governance. And, and I, th- I believe if they haven't done so already, they're going to be coming out with a new set of governance policies and procedures as well, which will be added to the website. Um so again, just to summarize that, there's a need for enterprise-wide oversight, right? Yeah. Um, it, and again, I mentioned before, it's voluntary. It's incentive-based. Mm-hmm. Unlike HIPAA, uh, we mentioned the carrot versus the stick. Um, and here's the thing. The reason why it is a reward is because um, Hiccup recognizes that no organization is perfect, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, m- many organizations have done so many great things and they still get attacked. Sure. They sure. Just find a way in. So, so nobody's immune to attack. Um, and so 
But going through HICP, you get credit for showing due diligence. And then you get this, the carrot for being mm-hmm. doing that. And it is voluntary. So it's, it's a real, it's a whole new mindset. Yeah, you know, being voluntary, I think, is the way to go, right? When you tell somebody they got to do something, there's always that bit of reluctance. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I got to comply. I got to do this, right. you know, yeah. regardless of the benefit, right? So the benefit. Yeah. This way, you know, it's a, a motivation of reward, which I think makes organizations want to voluntarily do it because they mm-hmm. want a 12 month. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, sure. absolutely. Well, th- this has been great information. Uh, it's been a great discussion. I-, I really enjoyed it. But before we close, um, could you please, you know, remind us of your email and um, the Hiccup website and, and your company website as well? Sure. Uh, so I'll start with the company website. It's uh, Assistant. So you know, O M P L Y A S S I S T A N T. Okay. Um, a lot of people call it comply assist. Right. Thinking I really should have called it that because everybody calls it that, but there was an A N T at the end. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I forever will make sure it's comply assistant. <laughs> yeah. Comply assistant.com. Um, my email address is simple. I'm just Jerry with a G G E R R Y at comply assistant.com and the website for HICP is 405d.hhs.gov. And anyone can, um, you know, feel free to um, reach out to me at any time. And I'd also be happy to show how we built it into our platform, HICP. Uh, We have a risk register and it's comprised of everything HICP and more. Wow. You know, I think I think we need to do another podcast episode with you to talk about how you incorporated Hiccup into your uh, platform. That'd be great. That, to me, that's really interesting. Um, that's really putting something into into practice, I would say. Actionable practice. Great. Wow. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, that wraps up our discussion for today. Uh, and we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Stay tuned for more episodes in this podcast series. And by all means, check out our other podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. I say podcast a lot, don't I? We are New Jersey Hymns. That's N-J-H-I-M-S-S on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean, and TuneIn plus Alexa. Please subscribe to our channel on those platforms. And please, please hit those like buttons. Oh, and and if you can also find our, you can also find our podcast on our website njhims.org. Jerry, thank you very much. This has been great, and and yeah. thanks to all our listeners. Thank you, Mike. I just want to make one final comment. That is, sure. anyone who's listening who is a vendor who is not not um, currently sponsoring for NJ mm-hmm. Hims, there's a great opportunity there. Um, things are picking up now. We're supposedly coming out of the pandemic, hopefully, and. Yep. It will be an on-premise uh, fall event in October in Atlantic City. So, you know, I think growing the sponsors back to a nice big level again would be a yep. great thing to do right now. That's great. Jerry, that's much appreciated, and, and I'm glad you made that point. But uh, the sponsors are coming back, and we're really trying to do our best to engage. Great. Yeah, I can see that. Thanks. Absolutely. All right. All right, Jerry. Thank great you. Job. Thank you.